Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. So how's everybody doing this morning? Everybody had coffee and donuts yet? Okay, well, if not, I'm going to direct you to the back of the sanctuary near the Christmas tree. There's donuts back there. There's caffeine back there. There's anything that you need, okay? And uh, everything else will be found in Christ. Because <laughs> we might not be able to give that to you. So <laughs> we're starting a new series this week. Um, and you obviously are seeing the graphic right now as Advent. And I don't know if a lot of you know about the Advent season or if you've uh, participated in what that looks like, but we're going to be going through a message series over the next few weeks. Thank you. I was wondering, I was like, man, I feel kind of claustrophobic. I can't walk very far. Um, We're going to be going over this series over the next uh, month throughout this uh, holiday season. That's going to be hitting on peace, joy, and love. Man, I'm telling you, these are things that we all need. I need. I'm going to be preaching to myself like normal. I think it's quite hilarious that that's how our God works. But um, we're going to be going through these. And we couldn't, we, I know Advent actually started last week for a lot of churches that participate in this. But we couldn't miss the opportunity as a church to journey together through the Advent season, even if... <laughs> We're a little bit behind what that normally would look like because God still got this. He's still going to show up. He's still going to show us what we need to know for right now in our lives. So the word Advent means coming. Okay. And I want you, I want to read this thing to you real quick. It says Advent is a season of the liturgical year observed by most Christian denominations as a time of expectant waiting and preparation for, the bo- for both the celebration of the nativity of Christ at Christmas and the return of Christ at the second coming. Guys, a lot of times we don't like the waiting, right? Like it says, we are, we're in the season where we are expected, expectant waiting. We are expecting something to come in this waiting season. We all know what's coming on Christmas. We all know what we celebrate. But guys... What are we waiting on personally? What are you maybe waiting on in your own life that you're expecting to see it come to pass, but you don't have the end of the story and you don't know what it looks like? You don't know when that's going to happen. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today as we go through this message is because Mary and Joseph, and really Mary, I'm going to probably get ahead of myself a little bit, she had a word from the Lord. She had a promise for the, from the Lord, and she had a long time of waiting for that to come to pass. She didn't know, like we know, the end of the story. She had to trust God's word was going to come to pass, that what the angels set, stepped down and said to her was going to come to pass. And, guys, that's where we find ourselves at. That's where I find myself at, is I know that there's something that the Lord has promised, or I know that there's something I am praying for, or a relationship I'm hoping to see come back together, or a job to work, something in my job to work out the way it's supposed to work out. I'm waiting to see that come to pass, but man, the waiting portion of that, the waiting and expectancy, that's the part that can be challenging. That's the part that often I don't want to sit in. 
And I don't know many of us that really like sitting in the waiting. I mean, I talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people talk to me, and I talk to about my own times of waiting, and I know where I'm at. So I hopefully I know I'm not alone in that. So clearly for this week, guys, I'm going to be talking about peace and what peace looks like in the waiting, in the waiting of seeing something come to pass. And how are we going to do that? How do we do that? Let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. If you have your Bible, I'll help you just flip. If not, you'll go to your screen or, you know, it's conveniently there. Either or. Whatever works for you. All right, verse 8. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. You see this word here for peace is shalom. And as we read this in the New Testament, it's translated into Greek and the word is irene. I had to practice that a lot, guys. Irene. I'm like, I don't speak these other languages. I don't know all this stuff. I'm not educated in any way for those things. But it's called Irene. That is what shalom is translated to in the New Testament. And that is what peace is. And when we break these words down in the word peace, what it is describing here is a completeness, a wholeness. So if we go back to verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace and completeness and wholeness on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Completeness and wholeness. We often hear that word peace when we're, we're hearing about war and when, we, or when there's an absence of war. But guys, this word here, it means that throughout scripture. It means that in our world today. But this word for peace here, it goes far beyond that. It's so much more than just the absence of war. It is this fullness, this wholeness that we get in Christ. And, uh, and shalom and irene can be understood as a complete stone wall. Like if, if, you're, uh, if you're, you understand things by illustration, which I am, I need someone to show me something so I can understand. If you look at a brick building, all right, actually these walls, these are brick center block walls. If you look at those, they are completely they're full. There's no crack. There's no missing brick. And the foundation of them is what's holding them continually up. It is this firm, solid, complete wall. Okay? Joshua 8.31. I want to show you this. It says, he followed the commands that Moses, the Lord's servant, had written in the book of instruction. Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been sharpened with iron tools. Then on the altar, they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. I believe that this verse here is a shadow of Jesus and what he is going to bring to the world. Let's jump to Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. 
It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Becoming a holy temple through the Lord. I think I have verse 22. Did I give you guys that one as well? Oh, through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Guys, Jesus is our cornerstone. He is our complete peace, our whole peace. He is like the foundation of these walls that we're standing within right now. He's that foundation. But like these, sto- these uh, stones that build these walls and like this altar that was being talked about in Joshua, if something is missing within those walls, within that foundation, if we feel like there's a missing part within a relationship, because we have so many moving parts in our lives, guys. So if one piece of this life or one piece of our life that's in these moving parts, if we feel like it's out of sorts, we begin to feel that affecting our peace. We begin losing our shalom. We begin to feel that affecting us. So for Christ to bring shalom or peace means that he came to restore us to complete wholeness. He came to restore that. He came to put back every missing piece that was missing from a wall, every missing piece so that the foundation is sturdy no matter what. No matter what, that foundation's there, and no matter what peace gets shattered along the way, the foundation's always there. The peace, the shalom, the wholeness is there. It's intact no matter what. You can go back throughout scriptures and see prophecy of the birth of Christ. In Isaiah, it's actually in Isaiah 53. You can go read that later if you want. I didn't want to go back and read that mainly because my notes were getting too long. Um, But Isaiah prophesied almost like 700 years ago, or sorry, 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah prophesied of the birth of Jesus, of the virgin birth. That, guys, is some serious waiting. 700 years, generation after generation passed away, not seeing the promise come that they were told about, not seeing the Savior being born, not seeing the salvation that they were hoping for. They waited, and they waited, and they waited. And I get, ex- I get exhausted after a, wait, a month of waiting. I wait a month. I'm like, Lord, come on. Where are you at? Maybe this isn't God. Maybe it's not God. 700 years these people were waiting. Let's take a look real quick at a bit, um, a little bit about the leading up to the birth of Christ. Because really that's what this waiting time is. That's what Advent is all about. It's the leading up to the birth of Christ. We always get to the the celebration. We know come November time, man, I can't wait to Christmas. I can't wait to Christmas Eve service where I can celebrate the birth of Christ. And in doing that, we often will miss out on the journey to Christmas. We will miss out on what it looks like in in the Advent season, in the times of waiting, when we're waiting for something. And we'll feel like something's wrong with us because we're like, well, everybody's celebrating, but I'm not. I'm not feeling that because we miss the journey. 
So I want to spend some time unpacking a little bit of this journey. And Luke 1, 26 through 38, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Greetings. Okay. Um, She says, or it goes on to say, she was confused and disturbed. Wouldn't you be, I mean, 700 years, uh, somebody appears to you, an angel appears to you and says, Greetings, uh, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Why does he need to be with me? What did I do? What's going on? Why are you here? Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor, found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign, for, or reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Let's pause for a second, guys. We like to read all of this in one complete thing. She was confused. What? Why are you here telling me this? Why are you telling me that I'm favored by God? Then she's asking him, how? Why and how? This is not physically possible, Lord. How is this app happening? So in the times where you find yourself asking God, why, don't feel bad. When you find yourselves in times asking God, how, don't feel alone. Mary did this very same thing. How, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, What's more, um, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. So the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. So if you read the story and you feel and, and think that's wild, that's crazy. That's not expected. You're not alone. Because when I read that, I'm thinking, is this really as wild as it seems? Yes, it really is. It is as wild as you think it is. It is as crazy as you think it is. It is only God who can do such a thing. And sometimes that is with or beyond our own our capacity to understand it at times. And I know for me, it can be a challenge at times to understand what it looks like from the standpoint of the Israelites who have been waiting for so long that people after people after people have passed waiting for the salvation to come. And I find myself, like I said, getting so weary. She's getting this prophecy spoken over her by this angel after knowing she's obviously probably read the um, are known a little bit about prophecy. Maybe not, actually. She might not have known anything about any of the prophecies that were spoke prior to her. But she's getting this, this angel show up and tell her this. And I find it hard at times when I know 
that God told me something and it doesn't happen right away. She's in a spot where she's being told this and she's having to, to like digest all of that and ends by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I wish it happened that quickly for me sometimes. I wish that I could say that when the Lord speaks, verses later, minutes later, moments later, whatever, I'm like, I'm the Lord's servant, just do it, yes. And I would have to say it obviously a lot better than that because that was kind of sarcastic, like, okay, God, whatever. Yeah, so that's where she's at. But you see, guys, the process, the birth process Mary is going to be going through is part of her Advent story. There is a coming king who she will be growing and nurturing within her body for the next nine months as, a, as this promise is being fulfilled. She is nurturing the king, our king, our savior, the prince of peace. She is birthing him. <laughs> we all like promises that God has said to us to come to pass without any roadblocks, right? We like to see the promise happen. We like it to be fulfilled with no struggle and no roadblocks. But when we read through the story and the the breakdown of the birth of Christ, we see that even the Prince of Peace was born into struggle and roadblocks. So we get to sit in the fact that no matter what is going on, no matter what struggle we're coming up against, no no matter what roadblock is trying to stand in front of us constantly, we can rest in the fact that we have the Prince of Peace within us, living and active within us always. You see, if you've been pregnant, and this is only going to speak to a half of the people that are in here because guys I know you've not birthed a child you've not had to carry a child and so there's a part of that that you will not understand and sometimes as I was preparing this I thought maybe that's why your pain tolerance is so low um I know (laughs) I'm sorry guys maybe that's why when the cold hits it's very hard or maybe There's this whole aspect of patience that you get in the waiting that's a little different that we as women may have. And I'm sorry, guys, I love you all. Um, But I had to throw that out there because women, we get it all the time. And so, guys, y'all got to get it. But anyways, pregnancy, accompanied with pregnancy is a lot of changing. It's a lot of stretching. It's a lot of growing. It is potentially a lot of pain that happens. And guys, it doesn't happen like over years. It's within nine months. Nine months, all of this stuff happens. Growth happens very quickly within that time. And so, like I was saying, growth happens very quickly and accompanied with that growth that Mary was having during this time of her pregnancy, it was not without discomfort. It was not without struggle. It was not without possibly doubt at times. And I, like I said, for me, it's hard sometimes because I want it all to be accompanied without any of that. I just want it to be easy. I want it to be like you go up the stairs, you get to the top, God says this is what's going to happen, and you just slide down the slide, and it's like, that was easy. Like, that was great, Lord. Right, like how, right, 
Yes, I agree. No, it wasn't. It's the, it's the bumpy slide. You know the slides that make no sense? You go to the park and it's that bumpy slide or the slide that like goes side to side and no one makes it down easily unless you got like some slidey pants on. And that still hurts, right? That still is not comfortable. That's what this is like for me. That's what Advent is like sometimes. That's what waiting for something to come to pass is like sometimes. Mary was young. She was unmarried. And she was trusting that God, that in God to fulfill this promise, the angel spoke over her. We see through the birth story of Jesus that Mary had hardships. That she came not from wealth, not from a good community that, that you would think prestige, that she would be in some line of the king, a king family. No, that's not where she came from. She came from hardships and was having to go on a journey from her very home to Bethlehem while being at the end of her pregnancy. I don't like, I, I never liked doing a lot of stuff at the end of my pregnancy. I was so swollen and in a lot of pain. This woman took a journey from where she was at to Bethlehem to give birth to her son, not for any good reason. It was literally because it's what she had to do. It was what she had. It was the census that was going on. She had to go. She had no choice. She had to go on this journey, and it could not have been easy. I didn't even look up the distance of how far they had to go, but it could not have been easy to travel that distance at that far along in her pregnancy. And much like us, we may be or feel that we are at the end of ourselves, tired and worn out from a battle, a battle we might not have chose, but a battle that we are facing. But thankfully, we don't have to do it without peace. And it sounds all fluff and like, well, yeah, okay, I get it. Because I've been there. I've been there where I've thought, yes, I need to activate this peace. But I've been in the spot where I could barely reach for the peace because I couldn't figure out how to get out of that dark spot. So I get it. It's not, I'm not trying to just fluff this up and be like, just experience peace and walk around hunky-dory. That's not how it works. It's going to be you getting at the top of that slide and it bumping and you having to remember, I can rest in his peace. And it bumping again and you having to go back and say, I can rest in his peace. And it bumping and it just continues at times. But because of our foundation, who is the prince of peace, who is the wholeness and the completeness of our peace, we have that. We can activate that. We can sit in that. Sometimes we have to run in that peace. At times you have to. Matthew 1, 23, it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Christ is our peace. God with us is our peace. He is our wholeness and our completeness. That's what I'm saying is when we know that, when we, we set ourselves in agreement about that, we stand on that firm foundation, no roadblock will, will hit us. And if it does, you get up a lot quicker than you would have. Because guess what? There will be times that we will be down. And there will be times that we don't see beyond that roadblock. But we can get back in alignment with who we are because of who we have with us. We have that opportunity. John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give to you, I give as a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled 
or afraid. You see, when Jesus spoke this scripture to his disciples, he was very, very aware of what the world around them looked like. He was very aware of what they were about to encounter when he was no longer there. He wasn't absent of being aware of those things. He knew because he walked this life with them. He walked in the world that we walk in, and he knew. And because of that, he gave us this very promise, this gift of peace of mind and heart. You see, resting in his peace takes work. And I know for me, sometimes I don't want to do that work. Sometimes I just want to feel good. And you know what? We all know what to go to to make us feel good, right? But it's only temporary. It only lasts for a moment. But then we're back in that same spot trying to find what is that that's going to give me a peace again. But you know what? Why it takes work is because trust takes work. Mary had to take that, that promise that, that was spoken to her from this angel. She had to take that, but she had to trust in the process, much like we do. I have to work for that peace at times because I got to work to trust that I know that, for one, God's never leaving me nor forsaking me, that he has promised me peace of mind and peace of heart, that he said I don't have to be afraid, that I don't have to be troubled. And because of that, I will do the work. I will do the work. We get to do the work. We get to do the work as a body. That's why we're on this journey through Advent, through this season, is because we all are having to do some type of work at some level right now to try and gain a sense of peace because it's so easy to be distracted right now. Not only just what's going on in our world, but what's going on within us, what's going on within our families, what's going on within our jobs. There is no shortage of ways to lose your peace. Go to Walmart. We prayed about that this week in our group, in our, in our small girl, in our uh, connect group on Wednesday night. We talked about, and Miss Marsha had me pray about going to Walmart. And I had to do it, y'all, because I was praying. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And I said this one word that I, I don't really like to pray. And I said, God, give us patience. <laughs> And I bit my teeth together as I prayed it. And all of y'all that were there heard it because I had already talked about patience is that thing that you know when you pray it, oh, you're going to work it. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to work it. It's going to be activated real quickly. So peace takes work because trust takes work. In order to experience peace, I must activate my trust. I must activate my trust. Peace is within you and it's within me. But whether we rest on it, rest in it, is totally dependent on us. It's up to me whether I rest in it, and it's up to you whether you rest in it. And let me be clear, I absolutely know what it's like to not rest in peace. Absolutely know. And, I mean, I could tell you so many stories, but this is which one stood out for me because it's been the thing that I've had to walk through. Ever since I had COVID, I have been dealing with some crazy anxiety and some crazy fears. And some of them are legit and some of them are completely, what is it, intrusive thoughts, intrusive fears, intrusive doubt that hit. And those are real and they are very active at times when you're not aware of how to stop them. And so I, since 
the end of August have been in that battle of trying to stand firm in the peace that God has given me, to try and activate it, to try and work for it at times when I feel like I don't know how to even get a hold of it. And so I understand it is not always easy. But I also know that I would way, way, a thousand times much more, <laughs> however you want to say it, be on the side of resting in it. I would, would want to be there over having to battle for it. And so I understand the challenge that comes. That's why I said at the very beginning, this isn't some fluff of like just rest in his peace and go about it. And it's easy because it's not. And I don't want you to think that. But the way I know that I'm able to rest in his peace, the way that I'm able to choose to rest in his peace when I feel this physically affecting me or emotionally affecting me is I have to be aware, one, obviously, but I spend time talking to God. I spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus, sit, sitting with someone and talking with them to process out what's going on within my head because within our head is the battlefield often, and it might not even be with anyone else. It might just be with yourself. And it's in that battle that we've got to get out. We've got to get out of our minds and process this stuff out. We can't allow the fears and the doubts or the shame or the guilt, whatever it is that you're dealing with, we can't allow those things to suffocate us from the peace that's within us. And we can't allow all the what ifs to hold us back either. Because that's what we do often. We lose our peace because we're thinking about tomorrow or the next day. Or what if all of these things happen? We lose our peace. And me being able to be aware of what that looks like, if that means that I have to turn off the TV at times to spend time with the Lord, turn off my phone at times to spend time with the Lord, or if I need to stop doing certain things, if I need to slow down and take a step back, then I have to do that. And so us being aware of what is it that is distracting you from resting in the shalom that he has for you. Because there are so many things that affect that. And it is a lot of times in our control. So Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. We have that promise. Though hard things come, we have this promise in the scriptures. His plan for us is not disaster. It is for good. It is not for all of these things that we think could happen. It's for us to sit and rest in him. And again, that's going to take work. So I want to ask you this morning, how are you waiting? And I talked to our group Wednesday night about this. Because a lot of times how we wait dictates from day to day. If I'm waiting and I'm throwing a tantrum, which we all do, we can say our kids do it, but we do it too. If we're waiting and we're throwing a tantrum, how does that affect the next day? And how does that affect your mood moving forward? If we're, if we're waiting and in our waiting we are, are being um, selfish, what does that look like? So how are we waiting in this time, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting to see come to pass? Because God already knows it. Sometimes we just got to be aware of it and aware of how it's affecting us. We have to sit back sometimes and remember that we are all sitting in a time of waiting for something that we don't see the end of the story. 
We have the scriptures that show us the birth of Christ, that promise that came to pass. But we don't know the end of our story. We don't know. And because of that, we're all going to be waiting. I want to close by reading this verse, and then I want to pray over you guys a prayer for uh, peace to be activated because we all have it. Christ lives in us. He is the Prince of Peace. So we all have it. So I want to pray for that. But I want to read Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you this morning. I thank you that we are all on a journey. We are all in a spot of waiting to see something come to pass. Whatever that is, God, you know for each of us. You know each of our stories. You know each of the roadblocks that are in front of us right now. You know, God, what those things are. But you have also promised that you are with us, that you are our peace, that we don't have to fear, that we can rest in that. We get to rest in you, Lord God, in your peace. And I thank you that as we, we look back over the story of how Mary trusted the promise, she received that promise from the angel, and she trusted in that process, Lord God, that she gave birth to the prince of peace that has brought complete wholeness to each one of us. He is the cornerstone of our life. And so no matter what's going on, we are just gonna, we are gonna praise you. It says pray, go to him and pray. Seek him, and we will receive all of the peace that we need. And so that's what we do. We're going to close out in a, in a song, Lord God, and we just thank you that we get to freely worship you. We live in a time where we can freely worship you and set our hearts in alignment with the peace that you have given us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.